0: Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. My name is Brooke McCallery.
1: And Ben McCallery is my name.
0: Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) Welcome to an impromptu hostful. Thank you. Episode three, we rarely do a mid-season hostful.
0: No, we don't. And let's just put it up front and say this probably wasn't the plan originally when we sat down and sketched out this season. But as you know, if you've listened to the last couple of episodes of this season. Life has thrown us a couple of um, curveballs, for want of a better term, with my dad being unwell, and um, that has really thrown the rhythm of our lives completely out of whack, out of tune, out of step. And I, I think what we really want to do is take an opportunity to have a bit of a practical conversation about ways that the ideas of slow living and... I guess, have unexpectedly helped us Yeah, totally. in the last month, which has been tumultuous to say the least. So that's my plan. What's your plan, Ben?
1: I'm going to ask you questions in relation to that. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Just to paint the picture of where you are at the moment, so basically you are living Part of your time here with me and the kids, and then part of the time you are with your mum. Yep. And you're caring for your dad. Yeah. Being your champion, your dad's champion, basically. Yeah.
0: Part of the support crew.
1: Yeah. The pit crew. The pit crew. Yeah. Is that what you're calling yourselves? That's
0: literally what I just thought of then. But let's go with it because I know cars.
1: (laughs) So tell me, what does that, what does the realities of that look like at the moment for you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. It's messy. You know, I've really had to, and it's so funny that last week's episode with M. Ellers, I spoke about uncertainty and coming to terms with that through the lens of the pandemic. This has been that lesson turned up to 11. You know, Dad wasn't, he wasn't sick, so there was no expectation that he would be in hospital. You know, it was one of those phone calls you get. I was at the end of day one of recording the audiobook for you care were. and I got the phone call that night that Dad had gone to hospital um, and I went out to stay at Mum and Dad's place the next day and that was it. I haven't really, nothing's been normal, quote, unquote normal since then. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of change to wrap your head around really quickly and then add to that the emotional turmoil of, you know, nearly losing Dad at least a couple of times like that, I don't I don't think I've even started to comprehend that because at the moment, thankfully, we are deep in let's support him in recovery mode, mm-hmm. which I'm incredibly grateful for. So I think the realities of it is that it's messy and I I've found myself not wanting to think too far ahead mm. in terms of like schedule and 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 that sort of stuff because it's it just changes so rapidly. But also I find thinking too far ahead quite stressful. So I'm able to think like a week ahead, you and I sit down once a week and figure out our movements. We still try and do our whip in some capacity.
1: This is where the whip pays off the most, I think, during times like this. Yeah.
0: Just to know like each other's movements and expectations and when you need time and when, you know, I need to be away and that kind of stuff. So we, we sort of do that roughly once a week, and then I do something similar with my sisters, so that we can figure out who wants and needs to be where at what times during the week, so that mum's not, you know, going up to the hospital by herself. Yeah, and facing it alone.
1: You don't want anyone facing mm-mm. that alone. Nope. So basically, you've been in a state of trauma.
0: I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You,
1: you're 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 like the front line. You're you're there talking to the doctors, talking to the nurses, the ICU doctors, the surgeons, mm-hmm. you're there asking questions. You're, you're being your dad's champion. What skills have you had to sort of rely on during that time?
0: Yeah, there's a few, I guess. Just communication, you know, listening. You have to listen. I am blown away by the amount of information that we have been given over the past month, and that is not a that is not a criticism. I'm so grateful to every nurse and doctor and surgeon and ICU specialist and whoever else we've come across that they have given us information as we've asked. Um, but it's also that we are asking a lot. So it's You're being of, very
1: proactive, aren't you? Yeah. yeah and and do you do you think you need to be that way?
0: Well, I think what I've discovered about myself is that I need to be. And having that conversation multiple times with different doctors and nurses, not everyone's the same. So they will they are offering information as we ask the questions and will offer a certain amount of information to everyone. But if you want to know more, you, you need to ask because they don't want to overwhelm someone who can't deal with the intricacies of surgery and, you know, drug amounts. Ratios. And, yeah, and, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Whereas I've discovered that actually I feel less worried and less anxious if I have a clearer picture uh, and not everyone's. Like that, so I think first of all having self awareness, I suppose, of and curiosity about what makes me feel better and what makes me feel worse has been really helpful. Mm. And then communicating, so it has been a job. My dad knows like a lot of people, and a lot of people love my dad, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> so there was especially the first couple of weeks talking to people, getting the message out, going through his um, contacts and his emails and his. Text messages to make sure that people that he works with, people that he has worked with, people that he mentors, that all of the groups that he feeds into in some capacity have someone who knows what's going on. And then putting, a, you know, an appropriate amount of information out, I mm, guess, mm. to all of those people to make sure that...
1: Manage their expectations. Yeah, yeah. because
0: there are, the first couple of weeks really shaky, like hmm. we didn't know what we were heading into and the doctors were quite honest with us about that. Um, and I certainly didn't want the first communication from me or one of my sisters and my mum to be terrible news to one of Dad's friends. So that was high on my mind. And then listening um, has, has been massive. Um,
1: You've kind of acted like your dad's press. <laughs> Office.
0: You did say that, yeah.
1: You know, you're 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 getting out messages and filtering them out to different stakeholders, different groups. Sure. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of um has been very impressive to to watch. So other than communication, other than active listening and being transparent, thinking about your catalogue of Of your slow living toolbox, what are some of the tools that you've really relied on?
0: Tilting, like mega tilting, uber tilting, I think.
1: Uber tilting? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I've had other experiences. Don't you top
1: over if you uber tilt? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you you topple over.
0: So, okay, give you an example. I've been. You're
1: off the seesaw. uh,
0: (laughs) I am flat on my face on the ground. (laughs) Uh, I just, I've literally just come home from a few days with mum and it's a Friday afternoon, you and I are like, all right, hi, nice to see you. The house looks really tidy, thank you. Um, let's record. Within
1: minutes yep. we're doing this. Yep.
0: Uh, hi, Brooke, how are you going? It's really nice to see you. Really nice to see down. you too. I sort of used the car trip as a transition point. So when I'm with mum, you know, when I help her, obviously be supportive of her and her needs while also not treating her like a baby. The woman's completely independent Yeah. Um, and fiercely so. But, you know, my head's elsewhere and I try and work in the, the gap, gaps, I guess. But then on my way home, I listen to an audiobook. I get my head back on the seesaw, I suppose. And then as I get closer to home, I'm tilting into you guys. And I suppose that's a way of compartmentalizing and so that I don't live in the constant guilt, you know, feel guilty for not being here with you and the kids when I'm with mum and dad mm. and then when I'm I'm here, I feel guilty that I'm not with mum and Dad. That really helps me to not give in to those feelings and to not truly not experience them very much, which is such a relief because I don't I don't know how I would have gone if mm. I was also feeling guilty. Mm. Uh, so tilting is is a big one. Trying to prioritize sleep is another one. So I've been doing meditations and stuff at night. I'm finding sleep a little hard to come by.
1: Is that falling asleep or staying asleep?
0: Falling asleep, typically. Although sometimes staying asleep. Sleep's just, you know, we're on shaky ground at the moment.
1: It's so important though, isn't it? Like it is, it's your time of healing. Exactly. And if you can't heal, you can't be the healer. So what do you, so other than meditation, what else are you doing?
0: Limiting screen time, trying to like unwind at the end of the day and not do anything that's going to... Overstimulate me, so try not to be on my phone. Try not to watch too much TV. Um, I'll have a cup of sleepy tea and some magnesium, and I've got my little sleep ritual: you know, legs up the wall, deep breathing, that kind of stuff. And then I just read without giving myself a bedtime. You know, so I'll read till I fall asleep, basically. And some nights that's been two or three hours, and I try to be okay with that. So I think that's that's another tool that I've lent pretty heavily on.
1: So you're now coming into what can only be described as hectic. <laughs> you're about to release a book, like you're on the eve of doing this. Yeah. How are you going to manage your time, your energy, between what you're currently doing, which is very important and you need to you need to do that and you be, need to be there for your dad. And tilt into a really, really tough, time-consuming time of, you know, releasing a book. How are you preparing for that time?
0: To a certain extent, denial.
1: <laughs> denial.
0: Yeah, because like I said before, thinking too far ahead, I find really stressful It helps enormously that I've got an amazing team at my publisher. So Laura Benson, shout out, because she's just such a gem and has taken so much stress off my plate over the last few weeks, as has Grace and Kelly and everyone else who's in my corner. So truly, I have been able to live a bit in denial, which has been awesome,
1: Mm. Well, not to look, you know you haven't been in denial. You've just been, as you said, mega you know, uber tilting. Yeah. So the pure definition of tilting is you do not you're just fully immersed into yeah. that thing. I'm all in where yeah. I
0: need to be at the moment, which means I'm all out of everything else. Mm. And that's okay. And I know it's not gonna stay that way. I think having sort of um parameters around that is helpful as well in terms of I have dates and, you know, there's there's a time where I'm going to have to tilt into that mm. and then I know that that will only be for a certain period of time. It's interesting. I've also just, I'm, I'm just finishing the audiobook of The Highly Sensitive Person, which has, I think, it will prove to be life-changing for me. Really? Yeah. Elaine Aron, the author, talks a lot about uh, how to sort of manage your energy as someone who is sensitive, someone who is who finds themselves maybe with a heightened stress response, someone who's introverted, that sort of thing. And she talks a lot about personas and using a persona as a tool. So that that will be interesting to me because I, I do love touring when I release a book. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. Um, I don't love public speaking. So one of the things that I'm really grateful for is that even before Dad got sick, I actually – sort of had some boundaries around what the events are going to look like for me, mm-hmm. what I find more relaxing and, you know, not too overstimulating, and I've, I'm have i quite proud of myself. I've really defended and honoured those boundaries, at least in theory. I haven't done it yet. So I think that plus so having those boundaries in place plus having almost a persona makes it sound like I'm being inauthentic and I'm mm. not, it's just this time around I think given the perspective the last few weeks has given me, I'll be able to do the book tour, do events, do interviews, whatever it looks like, um, and not place all of my identity in their success or failure, Mm. which is what I haven't done before. And Mm. I think that's why I burnt out so big after the last book tour.
1: Yeah, because you often said over the last couple of years, reflecting on the book tour, you said to me like you used to get so nervous before every single thing you did oh yeah like to the point of even though you're you're kind of doing the same thing but you you were conscious of just being so desperately nervous why was that
0: well i think partly because i had my identity and my self-worth and value tied up in my own perception of how an event went and how sales went and that kind of stuff and You can do that, but my experience has been that that's not particularly healthy or helpful. So, reframing all of that has been really helpful for me. But, like, I would get up and speak at events and be completely across what I needed to say. I I had literally done it a hundred times by the end and still virtually black out for the whole. Yeah, for the whole time I was speaking. Can you remember
1: speaking? Yeah, I do remember yeah. speaking,
0: but I don't ever remember. Um, well, that's not true. There were there were limited times where I felt really like light and carefree while I was doing it. Mm. Uh, I felt really overstimulated again to the point where I just had no conscious thought. It's it's hard to explain, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that again. No, and so, so you're you're I've preparing really preparing, yeah,
1: for that not to happen. Exactly, which
0: yeah. feel I'm kind of. Like I'm happy with myself for having grown. I'm not the same person that I was then. I have evolved Mm. a lot and my Mm. self-awareness and inner, inner world has evolved. Yeah, so I feel very different about what's coming.
1: Do you think a lot of it's got to do with the content of slow versus the content of care?
0: Maybe. I think yeah, that's a really interesting question because I I wholeheartedly believe in the message of slow still. But I know that slow living has people have hang-ups when they hear mm. about slow living and they come to it with their own assumptions and perceptions and defensiveness or aggression or whatever based on not on what I have necessarily written about, but on what slow living has become in the mainstream. So I think I probably approached press for slow with a little bit more defensiveness and I was kind of expecting someone to try and trip me up or, you know.
1: The gotcha moment. Yeah, exactly.
0: Whereas with care, um, I similarly believe wholeheartedly in in the message of it, but also who's going to have a problem with the idea of caring for each other, you know? Someone, surely. I'm sure they will, but... Like that's okay with me if they do, because I think I've learned that once you once you've written a book and put it out, or created anything and put it out in the world, it's no longer yours. What you intended with it has very little to do with what other people will take from it, uh, and that is kind of freeing. I think that just means that people are allowed to enjoy it or not, and that has very little to do with my self worth. Man, that feels nice to say.
1: I just want to go back to your dad for the moment and thinking about the toolbox of slow tilting meditation, what are some of the, and spoiler alert, I guess, what are some of the principles of care that you're, because you really are one of your dad's carers at the moment. He is in ICU. He's been cared for by mm-hmm. the pros. Yeah. <laughs> but you, in a sense, you're there as well as a carer. What What are you, what kind of, what are you picking up there, like from from writing care? Mm. What have you sort of? What are you using, like in a practical sense?
0: There's a there's a few of the sort of high level principles from the book, I guess that I have unconsciously tapped into. Yeah. Um, connection is one in terms of you know human touch that sort of thing. Um, with dad, first of all. So what are you doing? Well, just I mean, like a hand on his hand, or giving him a foot rub, or you know, brushing his hair, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just empathetic, familial, kind touch. Mm-hmm. And there is research that I reference briefly in care that that talks about how people who are in um, intensive care or in you know who are very ill really benefit physiologically from empathetic, kind touch. So, you know, that that's for dad, but that's also for me. And I've hugged my mum more in the last month, I think, than I have in the last 10 years and just, you know, <laughs> putting my arm around her shoulders when we're happy and when we're struggling and mm. same with my sisters.
1: Have you grown closer to your mum? I think in so. In the last month?
0: I think so. Yeah, I really do.
1: How does that it, make you feel?
0: Wonderful. You know, not that we weren't close, but I think you you're really going through the some of the stuff that we've gone through. You really do see, this is someone I've literally known my entire life, but you do still learn things about each other. And I have a lot of admiration for her mm. and dad and the life that they've both built because that can't, that is coming back to them in droves, yeah. you know, or the love and care that they've put out mm. into their communities. So connection is definitely one of them. I think another one that I have probably realized the necessity of is uh, healing things that help us to heal in terms of you know my own responses to what's been happening in terms of physical stuff and mental stuff so I found that things like journaling writing poetry reading getting rest being okay with taking that time to sort of top up has been really, really important for me to acknowledge and accept and be okay with. And going back to tilting, you know, coming home and being with you guys and just doing normal stuff like laundry and walking the dogs and that is a form of healing too because it's just taking me back to one of my home places, you know, where my heart is. So I think that really being okay with the idea that while dad is the one who is in hospital we all need to spend time in healing, as well. And as you said, if I am burnt out from caring, I won't be able to care. I won't be able to do the things that I value, either here or with Mum and Dad, or on the book tour. You know, I'll be, I'll be a husk.
1: <laughs> I've been really impressed with the amount of energy you have at the moment. Prior to your dad being sick, you, were, you had some pretty serious health issues mm. that you were working through and you're kind of just getting through, but I feel like they're not even part of the conversation at the moment. Um, am I wrong in saying that or what, what have you, are you just, are you kind of just relying on this deep well of in, you know, superpower? No. Um, what, what, what's changed? You know, what, what, what do you put that down to?
0: Medication is what I put it down to. Okay. Yeah, so I know the last time we spoke about health stuff uh, on the podcast, it seems like it was only two weeks ago for people listening, but that horrible doctor and that awful outcome was... Oh, God. ...was... uh, And thank you for everyone who sent supportive, angry messages my way too because I know know I'm not alone in that and I know Ben's not alone in feeling frustrated. Um, That was actually three months ago, that... Uh, episode and I've since I think stumbled on what might be going on Mm. and um, I'm taking medication for that and I started (laughs) taking I started taking medication for that a couple of weeks before dad got sick Um, and the conversation I had with my doctor was it's really important with this condition to manage your stress. (laughs) Really important, and I said I I kind of told him. I said, "Look, I've got a book tour coming up, uh, and that is just by default quite stressful." He's like, "Can you can you cancel it? (laughs) Can you postpone it?" And I said, "Not if I want to make money." (laughs) And so he's like, "Okay, fine. Let's put you on this medication, but we need to monitor it closely." And then Dad got sick, and my stress levels went through the roof. And within about three days my health tanked to the point where I was really scared that I was going to end up in hospital as well. And I spoke to my doctor and he has since increased my dose. And I feel like we're at a point that is working at the moment. It's not antidepressants or anything like that. It's like a steroid Mm -hmm. that I need to take possibly permanently. Uh, And that is where the energy is coming from. And I'm so grateful that I landed on this answer with this doctor when I did because I have no idea how I would have gotten through and that's not like an emotional thing, that's a physical thing. I have no clue how I would have managed with the last month if I if I didn't have that. So that's my perfectly honest answer. I could tell you it's caring for myself and filling my cup and sleeping and healing. And but it
1: is, it's part of that. That is absolutely yeah. important
0: but all I'm saying is given the health stuff that I spoke about a couple of episodes ago, that like none of those things is a miracle cure yeah
1: yeah yeah so if you had one piece of advice for someone going through something like you are doesn't have to be as traumatic as that but someone that's had to uber tilt into Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. what's one piece of advice you would give them
0: let go of the guilt that comes with that you know you you can't physically be in two places at once and I think you can hold space in your heart for various things at once but you can't physically be in those places at the same time so if you're you know in my instance if you're at the hospital be all in listen show up be present feel all the shitty roller coaster of emotions that we're all riding and then when you leave the hospital be all in to time with your sisters or, you know, with your mum or when I get home, be all in with you guys. It would be so easy for me to feel that guilt. And, of course, there is to a certain extent, but I'm not beholden to it. Yeah. So I think that would honestly, anyone who's struggling with the idea of tilting, try and set the guilt aside, put it in a shoebox, stick it in the top of your wardrobe and just let it be there but don't let it affect you.
1: So what's next? For the podcast and for you.
0: Well, jokes on us because who knows what's next. But all things being equal, and going ahead uh, roughly on the same track that we're on, podcasts should go back to interviews next week. I I do have some amazing, wonderful, Ooh, big-hearted some, people,
1: some big guests lined up.
0: Yeah, just some just good people. Mm. Uh, lots of talk about creativity and slow and. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much more, but I'm very excited to have those conversations. That will feel like another kind of pocket of normalcy. Mm -hmm. If you – and then really I think aside from here, home, you guys, (laughs) and then mum and dad, it's going to be all systems go for – care yeah. I think for the book launch. A
1: lot of media interviews coming up.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually expecting my media schedule, publicity schedule, either today or tomorrow. So that will be interesting. And I do have events coming up yeah. and I'm really genuinely thrilled for these events. In person events, particularly um, New South Wales and fingers crossed well, for no. Victoria. Shout out
1: to our Victorian Friends, mates, yeah. yeah, it must be. Uh, I can't even imagine what it would be like at the moment. So, for those that not don't know, they're they're going into their, I don't know, second phase of a lockdown.
0: But it's lockdown four, which is lockdown four. Yeah, yeah. So, I really do feel for for all of our mates in Victoria and Melbourne, particularly. Mm. I think because regional Victoria is
1: a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so, all that to say, the plan is to have. Some amazing events with some brilliant people down in Victoria, and hopefully by the time you are listening, I will have an events page on my website, so you'll be able to swing by there. And um,
1: hey, it's a new it's a new website. It's a new
0: website. I'm mm. I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm not entirely finished on it. And so who's I, ever finished a website? Well, that's true. I mean, I did have the same website for ten years. Yeah. Um, So it is a new website, new look, new me. and (laughs) (laughs) New book. New book, exactly. But I will have an events page up. I'm saying it now. By the time you're listening to this, you can go and check out the events page at slowyourhome.com. And also I'll be talking about all that stuff on Instagram.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful news.
0: Um, Can I also just say quickly, thank you, Ben. You've held down the fort and then some for the last month and it has been tough because obviously you are incredibly close to my dad too and it's been really hard for everyone um so just public shout out for being thank you. amazing
1: thank you and it's my absolute pleasure to do that uh it's yeah it was it's my role it's my my thing to do never once have i thought of doing anything else but mega sorry uber tilting yes. into family life mm-hmm. and yeah and then it, it is it is very hard being geographically away from your dad and being there on a day-to-day basis but because of your expert communication i feel like i am there <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to bed then all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you guys for listening in and um Back next week with an interview.
1: Bye. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.